0: How have his work experiences from earlier decades been influencing his leadership as the national leader? What are some of the core principles that have guided his decisions and actions? I consider myself
1: a relatively hard-working person. I know very well that people's biggest concerns are education, employment, income.
2: We We
1: can pursue development through
3: destructive methods, depleting the legacies from our ancestors while exhausting the options for our future generations.
0: The Stories of Xi Jinping podcast series shares the life and work experiences of Xi Jinping and explores the formation of his governing principles, philosophy, beliefs, among others. Getting to know Xi's thoughts on national governance and how his leadership took shape may help you better understand China's path, governance, and principles. You can follow the stories of Xi Jinping podcast series on all major podcast platforms.
4: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now, here's your host.
5: Shane Bigham with you on this Tuesday, September the 5th, 2023. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, coming to you live from the Chinese capital. On today's program, the Chinese premier will be paying an official visit to Indonesia this week as he attends the ASEAN summit. The Turkish president's been meeting with his Russian counterpart in an effort to revive the Black Sea Grain Initiative. In Fujian province in eastern China's recorded at least one death after Typhoon Haikwei made landfall. In business, China's growing trade with Malaysia. In sports, a Chinese tennis star upsets the fifth seed at the US Open. In culture and entertainment, a viral video on Chinese artifacts at the British Museum. Now checking the day's top stories. Indonesia is hosting this year's ASEAN Summit this week. The event will focus on ASEAN's unity and inclusiveness. Chinese Premier Li Chung's attending and paying an official visit to Indonesia. Rumberland Purbut reports from Jakarta.
6: Panama, Kuwait, and uh, Serbia have also uh, joined the TAC uh, on Monday uh, to tackle uh, issues such as uh, uh, issues on climate change, on food security, and energy security as well. We have the ASEAN Indo-Pacific Forum, which uh, one of the the topics will be discussed is the health tourism special economic zone in Sanur Bali. Of course, um, the Myanmar crisis is also a big issue. Um, The president of Indonesia... Uh, Mr. Zhou Koui has said in his opening for the ASEAN Summit, he says that ASEAN is working together for peace and, and he does not want uh, ASEAN to be used as a proxy to create prosperity in the region. And as we know, the Chinese Premier, uh, Mr. Li Chang, will also be joining the, the, uh, the summit in the ASEAN plus uh, China dialogue where the free trade agreement between Uh, China and uh, ASEAN will definitely be a major topic to be talked about. And not just that, Mr. Lin Chang will also uh, attend the ASEAN Plus 3 Summit, the East Asia Summit, where sensitive topics such as the South China Sea, also the Korean Peninsula, of course, uh, the Fukushima nuclear water, uh, treated water, and the BRI, as it uh, has uh, helped with infrastructure um, and, and it has benefited the people in this region.
5: that was Robert Purba reporting on the agenda of the ASEAN Summit in Indonesia. Diplomats and experts have expressed optimism about the prospects of digital cooperation between China and ASEAN. They believe by leveraging their complementary advantages, the two sides can maximize the benefits from their collaboration. Zhou Feng has details.
7: China has been ASEAN's largest trading partner for 10 consecutive years. The two sides not only maintain close cooperation in traditional areas such as trade and investment, but also continuously strengthen cooperation in the emerging digital economy. Thai ambassador to China, Art Yud Suresmut, says 5G technology from China is very helpful for various industries in his country.
8: Thailand was the first country in Southeast Asia to uh, utilize uh, 5G technology from China uh, to um, upgrade the uh, Uh, telecommunications uh, network in Thailand and this 5G network can be used in various industries uh, in Thailand uh, in the handling of uh, logistics in production manufacturing
7: data shows that China's digital economy has surpassed 50 trillion yuan or around 7 trillion US dollars accounting for over 41 percent of the country's GDP and ranking second globally for several consecutive years by 2022 There were over 16 million digital economy-related enterprises in China, with more than 330,000 invention patents granted in the core industries of the digital economy. Quite a few Chinese digital applications are leading the global trend. Senior research fellow Zhou Mi with the Chinese Academy of International Trade and Economic Cooperation says one of China's advantages is its substantial progress in digital infrastructure and digital integration.
1: Chinese government are really active in improving the infrastructure. So you can find that Internet connections have been, you know, improved a lot in the past few years. And we still have provided our 5G networks around China to improve our wireless applications.
3: We are trying to improve the uh, improvement
1: and uh, also, you, you know, the transformation of the traditional sectors into our more modern ones.
7: In 2020, China and ASEAN jointly released an initiative to build a digital economy partnership. Dr. Digby Ren is a senior advisor with the International Relations Institute of Cambodia. He says Cambodia's digital cooperation with China has brought greater efficiency and convenience to people's lives and work. He highlights the role of a digital silk road holding broad prospects for future cooperation.
9: People think Golden Road is just ports and train lines and things. It's much more than that. Of course, it's digital, uh, fiber optics, uh, cloud computing, satellite technologies, all these sorts of things. And so in ASEAN, all the governments are looking to China to be the model. Uh, Those governments are trying to emulate the Chinese model and, very fortunately, working with uh, their largest trade partner, China, to integrate these systems into their own systems inside ASEAN.
7: In twenty twenty, President Xi Jinping proposed to deepen China ASEAN Digital Economy Cooperation and build a digital silk road. In recent years, digital cooperation has focused on network security and cyberspace governance. Senior advisor Dr. Dick Ren added that ASEAN's fast growing digital economy and large population mean numerous opportunities and prospects for China. For the Beijing Hour, this is Zhou Fang.
5: Education technology is a highlight at SIFTIS, the China International Fair for Trade and Services. Exhibitors are showcasing what they believe will transform future education and empower the next generation. Do Hongyu has more.
10: During an augmented reality coding course, children immerse themselves in a vibrant three-dimensional cartoon world, embarking on exciting missions to assist animated characters. To succeed, the kids had to arrange motion cards in the correct sequence. Tailored for young people, this course on display and SIFTIS focuses on nurturing a strong foundation for coding. Cai Yun with Beijing Yuanli Science and Technology Corporation says the course aims to enhance the mindset of the children. As we adults see it, the missions are quite easy. The
11: kids see each mission as a series of separate actions. This means they need to plan and execute each step carefully. Through this process, they develop skills in problem analysis,
10: planning, and problem solving. We call it the computational mindset. As educational technologies evolve, companies are not just using them to improve the learning process, but also trying to optimize teaching efficiency. AI company iFlyTech has developed a cognitive model they call the Chinese version of ChatGPT. Based on the model, they have created a system that helps teachers in lesson planning. By telling the system what the upcoming lesson is, teachers can instantly receive a teaching outline or slides. Liu Chang from the company says with such assistance, teachers can devote more energy toward content creation rather than being burdened by repetitive tasks.
12: When getting ready for an activity, the system generates a slide structure and they don't need to make them visually appealing. This allows them to focus on the content and unleash their creativity. Each output from the system is unique.
10: The company is also presenting its AI learning machine that helps students with drawing foreign language learning, homework correction and more. Their smart education products have reached 32 provincial-level regions, with over a 1,000 schools in Beijing adopting their technologies. As advanced education technologies become more prevalent in classrooms, there are concerns regarding their actual impact on education, which may not live up to their impressive appearance. Liu expressed his confidence, saying that iFly Tech boasts a team with extensive teaching experience and a deep understanding of education. The company also collaborates with
12: universities. What we are doing is to turn the results of our collaborations with schools and universities into products. We put their theories and techniques into reality so that we can offer better services to teachers and students. In
10: addition to improving education for children, exhibitors are also presenting technological solutions to enhance college education. At this year's SIFTIS, the Higher Education Press is showcasing a platform for virtual reality courses, and it's encouraging universities to create and share such courses. Cui Yinan from the Digital Operations Department says VR courses enable students to experience scenarios that are not feasible in real classrooms or laboratories.
13: For instance,
10: conducting experiments on Mars or the Moon in real life
13: is impossible for undergraduates. However, in our VR system, we can simulate these environments, allowing students to do experiments in unique scenarios,
10: such as those with reduced gravity. So far, more than 600 universities have uploaded about 3,500 courses on this platform, attracting over 5 million users. Exhibitors are aware of the importance of equal access to education technologies, which often require expensive hardware. However, they note that the cost of essential equipment like VR glasses is decreasing, and they're partnering with rural schools to introduce simplified versions of their products. Therefore, they believe that the threshold of using education technologies is getting lower. For the Beijing hour, this is Do Hong Yi.
5: Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi is calling on China and Italy to maintain mutual respect and cooperation in the face of geopolitical challenges. While meeting his Italian counterpart Antonio Tiani in Beijing, Wang noted the positive contributions of the two countries in developing China-Europe relations as well as world peace and stability. The foreign ministers discussed a range of topics, including the Belt and Road Initiative. Wang hailed the achievements under the BRI.
2: Cooperation under the Belt and Road Initiative has yielded fruitful results. In the past five years, the trade volume between the two countries has increased from 50 billion US dollars to nearly 80 billion US dollars. Italy's exports to China increased by about 30 percent. China is willing to adhere to openness and win win situation with Italy, focus on practical cooperation, promote inclusiveness and mutual learning and promote greater development of the China-Italy Comprehensive Strategic Partnership.
5: Tajani said Italy was willing to fully tap the potential of its comprehensive strategic partnership with China. Ties between China and Kazakhstan have seen rapid development over the past decade under the Belt and Road Initiative. China was Kazakhstan's largest trading partner in the first half of this year, with trade soaring by more than 20 percent. Huang Yue visited an oil factory in the country that stands as an example of the remarkable progress of cooperation.
1: Murat is a director of the
14: third workshop of the petro Oil Products a core workshop that accessed the control center of the main installations of the factory. Growing up in the village near the factory, Murat says he has dreamed of working here since he was young, especially when he herded his cattle and looked up at the giant chimneys. Originally built in the 1970s, the factory failed to produce high-quality oil due to backward manufacturing techniques and old equipment. In 2014, the revamp and modernization project officially began with the support of China National Petroleum Corporation, which holds a 50% stake in Petro Kazakhstan oil products. In 2018, the upgrade project was completed and the company has continuously produced qualified products since then. Now, over 40% of oil products in Kazakhstan are from this refinery.
4: Before the upgrade project, the refinery's oil processing capacity was about 5.5 million tons per year, and now it's 6 million tons.
12: Last year, we possessed 6.2 million tons of oil, which is a record for the whole Kazakhstan ever, a huge contribution in providing petroleum products to Kazakhstan, ensuring the energy security.
14: While walking through the factory, the refinery appears quite different from my initial expectations. Instead of chimneys releasing black smoke into the air, we can actually see green lush trees along the roads and even birds flying overhead. And actually, I was told that the factory received several awards from from the president of Kazakhstan for safety and environmental protection.
4: In order to deal with the sulfur contained in crude oil, we've designed a sulfur reclaim device. It can produce 15,000 tons of sulfur every year, greatly reducing the emission of sulfur dioxide.
14: From an old oil plant to an advanced environmental-friendly refinery, the company has also created more jobs for locals. The China-Kazakhstan joint venture has about 20 Chinese employees and more than 1,800 employees are from Kazakhstan, many of whom are just
5: like Murat and have realized their dreams. And that was Huang Wei in Shymkent, Kazakhstan. Coming up, efforts to revive the Black Sea grain deal.
2: Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platform and get ready to dive in.
5: Fifteen minutes past the hour. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan says the black sea grain deal may soon be revived after a meeting with his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin. Putin says Russia will return to the deal if its demands are met. Dasha Chernyshova has more.
15: At the start of the talks with Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdoğan in Sochi, Russian President Vladimir Putin said the two leaders have raised relations between Moscow and Ankara to, quote, a very good high level. The talks lasted several hours, touching upon various issues from energy cooperation, with Russia hoping to finalize talks on the gas hub creation in Turkey to Syria and Ukraine. Putin repeated that Moscow was ready to return to the Black Sea grain deal once its demands are met. He accused Ukraine of using the corridor to carry out attacks against Russia and the West of using the deal not to the benefit of the biggest countries. In the meantime, Russia's Minister of Defense, Sergei Shoigu, said Moscow would continue to destroy Ukrainian infrastructure involved in the production of the unmanned boats that is located in three ports – Chernomorsky, Yuzhny and in Odessa. Sergei Shoigu said those naval drones are among the reasons why Russia did not extend the Black Sea grain deal. Turkish President said he was hopeful to find a solution to revive the arrangement, adding that Ukraine must soften its approaches.
5: That was Dasha Chernyshova reporting from Moscow. The Commission of the Europe, or rather the Economic Community of Central African States has decided to suspend Gabon's membership following the military coup in the country that ousted President Ali Bongo. Leaders of the Central African Regional Bloc condemned the use of force to resolve political conflict, calling for a rapid return to constitutional order in Gabon. Equatorial Guinean President Teodoro Mbisogo says the coup poses a threat to regional peace, security and stability.
3: The seizure of power by unconstitutional methods is not the solution to the problems affecting the community. Our community must reinforce the implementation of the conclusions of the extraordinary summit of heads of state and government of the African Union on terrorism and on constitutional changes.
5: Military officers in Gabon seized power last week, replacing Ali Bongo under replacing er, Ali Bongo under house arrest and naming a new leader. Junta leader Bryce Nguema has been sworn in as the transitional president of Gabon. Since 2017, U.S. sanctions have had uh, many negative impacts on Venezuela's agricultural sector. As a country heavily dependent on importing grains and agricultural products, uh, purchasing soybean seeds and chemical fertilizers is still difficult for Venezuela. Uh, Lei Shengping has more.
1: Jose Pena is the technical director of a Community Education and the Training Center of the Venezuela National Education Council. The center is not only responsible for providing agricultural production skill training for nearby residents, but has also opened its own planting and breeding base in response to a national initiative of increasing grain production to fight against U.S. sanctions. Jose says U.S. sanctions have created many problems for Venezuela's agricultural sector.
2: The United States has imposed a blockade on Venezuela, limiting the country's ability to import agricultural products such as soybeans and agricultural production materials. Most of Venezuela's agricultural production materials need to be imported, such as seeds and fertilizers. The sanctions have also caused problems with gasoline supplies in Venezuela, making it difficult to transport agricultural products and agricultural production materials.
1: Miguel Contreras is an individual coffee grower in Vargas Province, northern Venezuela. He currently has about three hectares of coffee plants. Before the sanction, Miguel bought large quantities of fertilizers at low prices. But now the price of fertilizers has increased drastically. For example, the price of urea has risen from five U.S. dollars a pack before the sanction to thirty-two dollars now. Miguel has to decrease his use of fertilizer to a minimum scale. In his coffee plantation, many coffee plants have died or become stunted in growth due to insufficient application of chemical fertilizers.
2: This coffee plant is very short due to lack of phosphorus and calcium fertilizers. Under normal fertilization conditions, this 18-month-old coffee can grow taller and bear fruit this year. Now I don't have money to buy fertilizers this year because my family doesn't use enough fertilizers. The yields have been low for at least
1: two years. According to a report released by the Venezuelan government in June, the country currently faces more than 900 sanctions from European countries and the U.S. The report says in recent years, the U.S. has frequently used the sanctions to undermine the free food distribution plan proposed by the Venezuelan governments and sanctioned many Venezuelan agricultural companies. Venezuela economist Luis Vincent León says, the sanctions are affecting many ordinary people in the country
8: normally criticize the sanctions coming from the United States. I think it was a huge mistake. You affect the supply and you affect the people in the base of the pyramid. The the normal Venezuela was affected by sanctions.
1: Venezuela agricultural imports grew by 20% to $3 billion last year, driven by economic growth and recovering consumer demand. And the country has gone from importing 80% of its food to producing 93% of what it consumes. But UN figures show there are still millions of Venezuelans who are severely food insecure, an issue the Venezuelan government has to address, no matter how difficult it is. For the Beijing what this is Lei Xiang in Krakos, Venezuela. Well,
5: suppliers for the Hangzhou Asian Games have been offering wide-ranging support. One of them is a fitness and sports company that hopes to spread the idea of public fitness. Leo Jiaheng has more.
11: Yumei is a sports brand specializing in home fitness equipment. As one of the official suppliers for the Hangzhou Asian Games, the company has been offering support on many fronts. Senior brand manager Zhang Shu introduces the progress they have made.
2: We are providing licensed fitness products such as skipping ropes, yoga mats, ping pong pads, and soccer balls, all tailored to what the committee needs. Some are for the games, while others will be handed out as souvenirs. We've also set up a fitness center right inside the Asian Games Village for the athletes to train and work out.
11: Fitness has been gaining the spotlight over the years and has seen more rapid development since the end of the Beijing Winter Olympic Games. The booming industry offers great potential for growth and success, driven by innovative health and wellness apps, virtual workout programs, online personal training platforms, wearable fitness trackers, and advanced fitness equipment. Zhang says the company is working on innovative ideas to enhance user engagement.
2: At present, China's fitness market is shifting towards an online, diversified and intelligent landscape. Compared with other suppliers, we have the unique opportunity to promote the value of the Asian Games. We will create topics and hashtags that are associated with the events to engage users and spark their interest in the events at the Asian Games and get their hands on more fitness tips and techniques.
11: Projections indicate that the fitness industry in China will reach an impressive $22.8 billion US by 2025. The number of gyms and fitness clubs across the country has increased from just 500 in 2001 to over 100,000 today. Zhang says the Hangzhou Asian Games provide a great opportunity for the fitness market.
6: We hope
2: to make our voices heard, representing both Zhejiang and Chinese sports and fitness brands. We are taking this opportunity to get noticed by national and international customers. Now, we are working on creating our own apps with fitness tutorials and other functions to try to meet the wide-ranging demands of our customers.
11: As the fitness industry continues to flourish, people are now more aware of the benefits of regular exercise and are willing to invest time and money in achieving their fitness goals. The government has also been promoting physical fitness through various initiatives. The Healthy China Initiative, released by the State Council in 2019, includes an action plan aimed at promoting physical fitness through 2030. Meanwhile, some industry insiders believe that China's fitness market is facing a reshuffle. Companies that focus on internal management and prioritize the protection of consumer rights and interests will stand out. For The Beijing Hour, this is Liu Jiaheng.
5: Coming up, Typhoon has killed one and triggered flooding in eastern China.
2: The Beijing Hour, your window on China and the rest of the world.
5: 25 minutes past the hour. At least one person's dead in Fujian amid flooding in Fuzhou after Typhoon Haikui landed in the eastern province. The person was traveling along with eight others in a fire engine that got swept away. Chinese authorities are offering 200 million yuan in disaster relief funds for five provincial-level regions to guard against flooding. The regions include Guangdong, Guangxi, and Fujian that are in the path of Typhoon Haikui as it tracks across the eastern and southern Chinese coast. At least three people have died in Spain after record rainfall caused heavy flooding in the central part of the country. Floodwater shut roads, public transportation, and high-speed train connections. Ken Brown reports from uh, near Madrid.
16: We're here in the town of El Alamo, about 40 minutes from Madrid in this town we've been listening to some incredible stories people diving into water at 3 a.m in the dark trying to pull their neighbors out of cars, out of houses elsewhere we've seen dramatic images of bridges and buildings collapsing. the metro in the center of Madrid filling up with water. Downpours caused transport chaos. Now here in Alamo, this is how the people lived it.
13: fue catatropho. Yesterday was catastrophic, the most terrifying day of our lives. You could hear the people screaming, asking for help, but we couldn't do anything. We felt helpless hearing the screams. We simply couldn't come out or do anything.
4: A
6: lot of water suddenly started to flood into the house, filling the kitchen and the whole ground floor. The water level was above my waist. Yes, we were afraid, but I was most afraid for my mom, as she is a disabled person. The sun has come out here
16: in El Alamo and uh, in many places around the Madrid community as that weather system, Dana, moves north across Galicia and away from Spain. These rains couldn't have come at a worse time, really. This is the point of the year when millions of people return from the coasts, from the beach, from their holidays, people going back to school. Uh, We heard politicians talking about the need to to call uh, emergency situations in some areas and the potential of asking for help from European funds. The time is now for people to take stock, to salvage what they can, and in certain cases, to mourn loved ones.
5: And that was Ken Brown reporting. Well, Tunisia has launched a shuttle service with a solar-powered boat for the first time on the northern lake of Tunis to promote ecotourism. The electro-solar boat is capable of accommodating 32 people. It's now offering six tours per day on the lake. Insiders say the project promotes sustainable mobility. The lake's a natural lagoon located between the city of Tunis and the Gulf of Tunis. We're at 28 past the hour. Beijing's at 23 degrees overnight. Tomorrow, sunny in 32. Typhoon Haikui is bringing heavy downpours and rainstorms in Fujian province. Uh, Fuzhou will see heavy rainfall on Wednesday. The high is 29 degrees. Also along uh, Haikui's path, Guangdong is 25 overnight. Tomorrow, Heavy rainfall and a high of 30 degrees Celsius. Well, elsewhere, Tokyo is 25 overnight, a slight rain and 31 on Wednesday. Islamabad is going to be cloudy and 22 this evening, then a slight rain and 35. Bangkok's down to 26 degrees, a slight rain and 34 on Wednesday. In Africa, Nairobi is getting a slight rain and 29 degrees Celsius. Finally, to Oceania, Sydney's at 9 this evening. Tomorrow, sunny and 22 degrees. Auckland's at 13 overnight, then a slight rain and 17. It's time for a short break. So far this hour, the Chinese premier will be paying an official visit to Indonesia this week as he attends the ASEAN summit. The Turkish president's been meeting with his Russian counterpart in an effort to revive the Black Sea Grain initiative. In Fujian province in eastern China, it's recorded at least one death after Typhoon Haikui made landfall. And Shane Begum with you. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour. Experience
2: the musical classics of the East mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music talks witness the sound of antiquity and modernity.
7: We all enter this world with a universal greeting. (laughs) We then learn to speak. Hello, how are you?
17: I'm
7: Though our languages, cultures, and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world.
9: German railway company Johnson, Deutsch, director of the, international the 26th United Nations Climate
7: Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world.
2: CGTN Radio. Hear the difference.
17: I love you 我爱你. this might be the easiest way to say I love you since there are so many other romantic expressions no matter if you are a rookie
1: 你好, or
11: a sophisticated
10: learner there is definitely something that will interest you check out takeaway Chinese a word that starts with Hao.
4: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now,
5: here's your host, Shane Begumethu, on this Tuesday, still to come. In business, China's growing trade with Malaysia. In sports, a Chinese tennis star upsets the fifth seed at the U.S. Open. In culture and entertainment, a viral video on Chinese artifacts at the British Museum. To contact us, you can email audio newsroom at cgtn.com or follow our ex account, formerly Twitter at CGTN Radio. Uh, first of all, though, the day's headlines. And here's Ju Tianlu.
13: Thank you, Shane. Tropical storm Hai Kui has made landfall in the eastern province of Fujian and killed one rescuer in Fuzhou. China's National Observatory has issued a yellow alert. Heavy rain is forecast in the southern and eastern parts of the country, including Fujian, Guangdong, Jiangxi, Zhejiang and Taiwan. Meantime, authorities have allocated 200 million yuan or about 27.4 million US dollars of relief funds to regions recently hit by typhoons and floods. The Funds earmarked for disaster relief work and post-disaster reconstruction. A poll by China Global Television Network shows that 90% of respondents agree that openness and innovation are reason why China International Fair for Trading Services is so popular. of the respondents believe that offering further market access in the services sector will improve service trade on a global scale. Nearly 93% of those who participated in the poll urged all countries to join hands to safeguard the free trade and multilateral trading system. Russian President Vladimir Putin says his country will return to the Black Sea grain deal as soon as all restrictions on the export of the country's agricultural products are lifted. He made the remarks following talks with his Turkish counterpart in Sochi. Putin said Russia is not opposed to the deal but warned against using corridors for grain shipments to launch military attacks.
1: We've
4: always agreed that these corridors intended for the export of food should not be used for military purposes. Well, they're unfortunately used for it by the other side. We can see this. Attempts are also being made to attack the Turkish Stream and the Blue Stream through which gas is supplied to Turkey from Russia.
13: Putin said Russia will see a good grain harvest this year that may reach 130 million tons and that the country's export potential will remain at 60 million tons. He added that Moscow will continue to export food and fertilizer to help stabilize global food prices. Erdogan noted that Turkey has been working on a new package of proposals together with the United Nations, saying the proposals will help resume the deal as soon as possible. The junta appointed prime minister of Niger says he expects French troops to soon begin withdrawing from the country. Ali Zain made the remarks as a large protest demanding the withdrawal of French troops in the army continued.
4: The government has already denounced the
2: agreements that allow them to be on our territory. They are in an illegal position and I think that the exchanges that are underway should very quickly enable these forces to withdraw from our country.
13: The junta in Niger has also issued an immediate order to expel French ambassador Selving it. France says it will not accept the request and that the military government has no authority to order France to withdraw its envoys. South Sudanese Cabinet Affairs Minister Martin Lamaro says the president has a solution to resolve the conflict in Sudan.
18: We feel it's in our interest to find a solution and in the continent, in the region, even internationally, is known, President Salva Kiir is the only person who has the intimacy and the knowledge about Sudan and can find solution on the Sudan in every angle.
13: The remarks came amid t- talks between South Sudanese President Selva Kiir and top Sudanese military general Abdel Fattah al Burhan in Juba. Burhan is on his second trip abroad since the conflict between the Sudanese armed forces and the rapid support forces broke out in April. The conflict is estimated to have killed thousands of people and left millions of others displaced. Israel has opened its new embassy in Bahrain. It came days ahead of the three-year anniversary of a deal where the two sides agreed to normalise relations. The foreign ministers of the two countries have attended the inauguration ceremony. Bahrainian Foreign Minister Abdulatif Bin Rashid El-Ziani says it's another important milestone in relations between both sides.
18: This event signifies our shared commitment to strengthening and cultivating bilateral relations that will ultimately serve the best interests of peace, security and prosperity for all the peoples of our region.
13: Israeli Foreign Minister Ali Cohen says he and his Bahraini counterpart have agreed to further boost bilateral exchanges.
4: The Foreign Minister and I agreed that we should work together to increase the, direct, the number of the direct flights, the tourism the trade volume, the investment for our people and more. You have had the privilege to pave Ambassador Nahed the way for our two countries to find ways for cooperation in the near future.
13: Cohen is on his first visit to one of the countries that normalized ties with Israel, which also include Morocco and the United Arab Emirates.
5: Thank you very much for the update. That was Jutian Lu, and this is Shane Bigam in the Chinese capital. Coming up in business: China's growing trade with Malaysia. Climate
10: Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impacts of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the
5: planet we call home. Thirty-seven past the hour now. Turning to business and stock markets on the Chinese mainland finish lower on Tuesday. Timothy Pope has more.
3: The theme of trade around Asia was definitely profit-taking. Uh, the Chinese mainland markets fell back after the latest service industry data showed uh, growth in the sector at its slowest uh, that it's been all year. Uh, the Caixin Services PMI was still in expansion territory, but the lacklustre result was enough to trigger investors to cash in their recent gains. Uh, the Shanghai Composite Index and the Shenzhen component each slipped around 7 tenths of 1%. Property stocks were probably the hardest hit. Poly developments declined by 2.3% and Metro Land Corporation shed a bit closer to 3%. Sentiment is uh, still pretty shaky, particularly in the real estate sector, despite uh, the recent uh, policy announcements. The market did welcome those very warmly, but it does seem to be waiting for more data uh, to back that up. And continued selling by foreign investors was also a bit of a drain on the mainland indexes. They had net sold uh, more than 4 billion yuan in stock via the uh, Stock Connect links.
5: That was market analyst Timothy Pope in Shanghai. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index dipped around 2.1%. In Japan, the Nikkei saw a little uptick. China's services activity expanded at the slowest pace in eight months in August. Uh, the s and SP Global Services Purchasing Managers Index dipped to 51.8 in August from 54.1 in July. That was the lowest reading since December. Analysts say declining export orders and rising costs of raw materials, labor, and fuel are some of the main reasons for the slower expansion. But the sector is still showing resilience as existing orders and company plans to expand capacity are supporting an uh, increase in employment. Employment in the services sector has been in expansion territory for seven consecutive years now. Stats show that trade value between China and Malaysia reached 108 billion U.S. dollars in 2022, accounting for around 17.4% of Malaysia's total global trade value. For more on China-Malaysia trade, Lee Chi spoke to Robert Lau, general manager of Kuching Authority in Malaysia. He's uh, representing the Sarawak government at this year's China International Fair for Trade and Services.
12: Can you start by sharing your general impression of this year's CIFTIS?
8: This is the first time I uh, come to China for the first time to participate. My impression is uh, only uh, summarized in one word, big. So I'm uh, very uh, impressed with the uh, participation by a wide variety of uh, countries and companies uh, in this exhibition.
12: Right. And speaking of the exhibitions, would you take us through some of the highlights that you are presenting this year at the SAFETIS? And also, have you received any feedback from the visitors?
8: We are actually presenting uh, both products and services. So regarding products, our highlights is uh, we presented birds nest, and then with paper, handicrafts, uh, wood products, aluminum products, indigenous rice wine, And of course, uh, we also presented investment opportunities in the manufacturing sector in Sarawak. For example, we have uh, land, we have cheap energy. We are also embarking on the renewable energy like hydrogen and biodiesel fuel, uh, biofuel. For these services, uh, we presented our port services and also our infrastructure services in Sarawak. We have received uh, a lot of feedback I think the first thing is Sarawak as a name is very new to them. I think uh, by participating in this uh, exhibition, we are able to promote the name of Sarawak to the people in Beijing and of course uh, any other people from other parts of China.
12: That sounds fantastic. And as the general manager of Kuching Port, which is an important transportation hub, In what ways do you think trading services between Malaysia and China have developed in the recent years?
8: I can say that uh, because I'm coming from the shipping industry, seaport industry, we can see that the shipping services between China and Sarawak has improved quite a lot because now we have a direct shipping line from China called SITC, providing shipping services between China and Sarawak. There is also another company, shipping company from China. They are in collaboration with our local shipping company called Xinyang. That's promoting services between China and Sarawak. Regarding manufacturing uh, services, obviously we are the beneficial beneficiary of Longji, a solar panel manufacturer of China. There has a large facility in Kuching's free industrial zone called the Samajaya Free Industrial Zones. In terms of uh, construction, there is a bridge construction. We also have a a Chinese company uh, doing a construction, a bridge across the Sarong River in Kuching.
5: That was Robert Lau, General Manager of Kuching Authority on China Malaysia Trade Services. China is among 15 countries to sign the Beijing Convention on the Judicial Sale of Ships. It's the first UN convention in the field of maritime commerce named after a Chinese city. Delegations from 34 countries and regions attended the ceremony in the Chinese capital. China, along with Switzerland, Saudi Arabia, and 12 other countries, became the first signatories of that convention. The convention will ensure the protection of financial institutions to carry out ship financing and promote the prosperity of international commercial maritime maritime trade the second south africa china international expo is underway in johannesburg it aims to enhance bilateral trade ties between china and south africa and also showcase chinese products that can contribute to south africa's industrial development yolisa and jamila has more
18: over 200 top chinese manufacturers and suppliers are participating in the expo showcasing their goods this year's exhibitors mainly come from shandong and Henan provinces which are major provinces in china's machinery and equipment manufacturing industry according to the organizers this expo stands as a testament to the bond between south africa and china and is aimed at transferring discussions from the expo into actionable plans the expo provides a platform for small medium-sized then micro enterprises that will increase their roles in these sectors
17: we have many customers here uh, this time we want to take advantages of this expansion to expand our uh, market in south africa uh,
12: as we are still a growing company we want to find more business opportunities here african market is very very big
18: in this exhibition, uh, I met some potential clients and they are willing to uh, selling our products in their markets. Many small and medium companies attest that this expo is quite beneficial to their entities. It's actually overwhelming. There's so much to do and so much to see and so many products. I'm happy. Uh, I, I've learned quite a lot. I've seen quite a lot and um, I took a lot of brochures and uh, websites and things like that so it's a matter of going back home reflecting on what ex- uh, what was out there uh, renewable energy mining and agriculture for me those are the most important key ones i'm interested in south africa's government has expressed its support for the expo highlighting that the platform creates an opportunity for inclusion of many of those that have been excluded from the mainstream economy
5: that was Yolisa and Jamila reporting. Turkey's annual inflation rate climbed over 58.9% in August, the highest number since December 2022. Transportation was a main driver for the increasing rate, which surged about 16.6% over the previous month. It was followed by household goods at more than 9% and food at 8%. To curb inflation, Turkey's central bank has hiked the interest rate three times since June of this year, increasing its main key interest rate from 8.5% to 25%. Inflation in the Philippines ended its downtrend in August, accelerating to 5.3% from 4.7% in July. Officials attributed the uptrend to higher food and non-alcoholic beverage prices. Higher prices of rice and vegetables pumped the inflation in food prices. National Economic and Development Authority Secretary Arsenio Abelak balasakin says their objective remains to achieve an inflation rate between two and four percent by the year's end the manila-based asian development bank expects inflation in the philippines to average 6.2 percent in 2023 before easing to four percent next year you're listening to the beijing hour coming up in sports a chinese tennis star upsets the fifth seed at the u.s open
2: Sideline Story brings you all things sports related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and
5: around the world. 47 past the hour turning to sports now and here's Brandon Yates.
9: Thank you Shane We begin with tennis and China's Zhong Wen has defied the odds by toppling fifth seed Ons Shabur in their round of 16 match at the US Open Zhang defeated last year's runner-up 6-2, 6-4 In doing so she has also become the youngest Chinese player in the open era to reach a quarter-final at a Grand Slam event The 20 year old expressed her delight with the result
19: right now i feel just super happy and excited to play in a big stadium and have really good performance today you know owns she's a fantastic player really tough to beat and has a lot of variation in her game that was like really impressive win for me today and thank you for all the fans who are supporting me today and enjoy the match
9: Zhang will face Arena Sabalenka in the quarters. Other clashes will see Marketa Vondrasova play Madison Keys, Yelena Ostapenko versus Coco Goff, and Sorena Christia against Karolina Muchova. In doubles action, China's cross-straight pair Wang Xinyu and Sei Suwei are through to the quarters. On the men's side, Carlos Alcaraz defeated Matteo Arnaldi to reach the quarterfinals. He was also happy with his performance.
18: Every match against every opponent, I try to put my, my own game, try to... You know, uh, put my style on the, on the match and, uh, you know, I'm happy that uh, he, he said that because I'm doing great things on, on the court.
9: Alcaraz will face Alexander Zverev in the quarterfinals and world number one Novak Djokovic will play Taylor Fritz. Francis TFO faces Ben Shelton and Daniil Medvedev takes
2: on Andrei Rublev. Greet Asia in Hangzhou. Embrace the excitement of the games. In today's Meet
9: Asia in Hangzhou section, we review the ninth edition of the Asian Games in India. Chiju has more. The
4: 1982 Asian Games returned to its birthplace, New Delhi. The Indian capital joined Bangkok as the only cities to host multiple editions of the Asian Games. The Games kept growing considerably in size as more than 3,400 athletes from 23 countries and regions competed in 21 sports. Debut sports were equestrian, golf, handball, women's hockey and rowing, while bowling and fencing were excluded. New Delhi 1982 marked the beginning of China's dominance in the medal standings, ending Japan's run of securing overall triumphs at all previous editions of the Games. China topped the medal tally, amassing 61 gold, 51 silver and 41 bronze. Chinese high jumper Zhu Jianhua was named the athlete of the Games as he broke the Asian record clearing 2.33 meters. That record wasn't broken again until 2014. New Delhi became the first Asian Games using color television broadcasting for the event. It was also the first Asian Games to introduce a mascot named Apu, an elephant. For the Beijing Hour, I'm Qi Zhi.
9: This year, and for the first time, breakdancing will be an official medal event at the Asian Games. Wang Menjia spoke to the dancers and judges to learn more about the sport.
19: When you dance, you need to dance with the soul. Words of wisdom from Han Yu, one of China's top street dancers.
3: you need to pay dearly to learn and practice breakdancing, from the muscles in your body to muscular power and hand power. I think it's the type of dance that requires you to put in the most effort in terms of the moves. When compared to other modern dance genres like hip hop or locking, it's also the type that can touch the heart the most.
19: Breakdancing will feature as a competition event at the 2024 Paris Summer Olympics. The competition format will differ slightly in Hangzhou.
3: We've updated the
2: grading standards from six areas to five, namely technique, vocabulary, originality, execution, and musicality to better score athletes and save their time and energy. They need to meet the five requirements within 60 seconds, not an easy task.
19: Chinese breakers trained only for a short time when dance style made its Olympic debut at the Youth Games in Brighton's Aires in 2018. China's first national team was established only this year. Its members are currently training in France and will return to Hangzhou for the Asian Games.
2: I'm confident about the Chinese breaking team. Some of them have achieved good rankings in international competitions, such as female breaker Liu Qingyi. The progress made by male athlete Shang Xiaoyu is also significant it's no problem for them to grab the gold medal at Hangzhou Asian Games.
19: It's exciting to see these young athletes compete for medals. They are not only battling for their passion, they're seizing the opportunity to shine on behalf of their country.
9: That was Wang Mengjia on Team China's prospects in breakdancing at the Hangzhou Games. And finally, Team Europe has unveiled its lineup for the annual Ryder Cup golf tournament. Team captain Luke Donald named six captains picks including rookies Ludwig Arberg and Nikolai Hoygaard. They joined the six automatic qualifiers that include Rory McIlroy and John Rahm. They will face a strong American team in Italy. Team USA captain Zach Johnson selected Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, Colin Murray-Kawa, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. Automatic qualifiers included Scotty Scheffler and Zander Schauffele.
5: Thank you very much. That was Brandon Aates reporting. Coming up in culture and entertainment, a viral video on Chinese artifacts at the British Museum. The Beijing Hour. Hello, I'm Peter Dinklage from X Men Days of Future Past. You are
19: listening to the Beijing Hour.
11: Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you're listening to the Beijing Hour. Hi,
4: everyone. I'm Lang Lang. Welcome to the Beijing Hour.
2: The Beijing Hour, your window to China and the world.
5: 53 past the hour, turning to culture and entertainment, and Yang Guang joins us now.
12: Thank you, Shane. A recent short video series, Escape from the British Museum, has taken the Internet by storm in China with its touching narrative and the creative storytelling. The series tells the story of how a Chinese cultural relic escapes from the British Museum and finds its way back to China. The series was inspired by an online comment made earlier this year suggesting a story about Chinese relics in the British Museum coming to life and returning to China. Since its debut, the series has been circulating on Chinese social media platforms with hashtags trending on Weibo. The hashtag Escape from the British Museum had garnered over $310 million views. The city of Dongguan is now known as China's designer toy capital. It's a manufacturing hub in Guangdong province where many of the world's most well-known toys are made. Cao Chufeng spoke to some business insiders to see how locally designed toys are going global.
17: Fans are known to say when you're young, you play with toys. When you grow older, you can still choose designer toys to play with. These toys are primarily made for people over the age of 15 and include anime-related products, games and movie industry merchandise, as well as collectibles designed by artists. Official data suggests one-quarter of global anime merchandise is made in Dongguan, as are nearly 85% of all designer toys sold in China.
0: Dongguan is a factory for the whole world and a hub of manufacturing. It is home to a large number of industrial workers and has mature supply chains. Additionally, there are toy designers with many years of experience there.
17: Many of the toy companies with manufacturing facilities in Dongguan started out by making products for international toy brands known as OEM manufacturing. But in recent years, they've been developing original products and designs.
3: If we only engage in OEM manufacturing, we will always be working as proxies for others. With our brand now having numerous regional creations, we can vigorously promote our own brand. We also wish to gain recognition from foreign customers for works that reflect our own culture.
17: Now all the designer toys in this room are designed by Chinese artists and one of my favorites is work of collaboration between Chinese and Thai designers You can definitely tell it's got a Thai element with the face being an elephant and my favorite part is that it's not a skinny figure, it's actually got a belly Companies say international sales of Chinese design toys are increasing they believe the key to growing sales further is to focus on making entertainment-related products.
0: The aesthetic is different in every region, but we have one figurine that has been successful in globalization because it's a spin-off of a game that's very popular around the world.
17: The China Toy and Juvenile Products Association recently granted Dongguan the title of China's designer toy capital. The local government has announced new support for the designer toy industry,
12: that was Sao Chufeng in Dongguan. A new excavation project is underway in Baoji Shanxi province to look further into the Qinggong no. 1 tomb. It's the largest approaching dynasty tomb discovered in China so far. The new project is mainly focused on investigating a horse carriage pit. Experts believe that burying a ancient vehicles was a tradition that was popular from the Shang dynasty to the Han dynasty. The current horse carriage pit to be investigated was first found in 1977. That pit was investigated in 2019 and 2021 with more than 300 precious relics discovered, including gold, bronze, jade, and also bone artifacts. And finally, Inner Mongolia has held an exhibition on the rich history of the country's thousands of cultural centers. These centers have provided spiritual support to citizens across the country since the founding of the People's Republic of China in 1949. Featuring an extensive collection of historical photos, the exhibition showcases the abundant historical development of public cultural centers and their contributions.
5: Thank you very much. That was Yang Guang reporting. We're at 58 past the hour. Beijing's at 23 degrees overnight. Tomorrow's sunny in 32. Chongqing's down to 27, then sunny in 36. Lhasa dips to 9. Tomorrow's cloudy in 23. Hong Kong at 27 overnight. It'll see heavy rainfall in 30 tomorrow. Elsewhere, Tokyo's 25 this evening. A slight rainfall in 31 on Wednesday. Islamabad's cloudy in 22 tonight, then a slight rain in 35. Bangkok's down to 26 degrees, then a slight rain in 34 on Wednesday. In Africa, Nairobi's getting a slight light rain and 29 degrees and finally to Oceania Sydney's at 9 this evening tomorrow sunny and 22 Auckland's 13 overnight then it's a slight rain and 17 Port Vila some rain and 27 Celsius That's it for this edition of the Beijing hour making news today Chinese premier will be paying an official visit to Indonesia this week as he attends the ASEAN summit in Fujian province in eastern China's reported at least one death after typhoon Haique made landfall on behalf of the staff, this is Shane Biggum in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together. Climate
10: Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home.